1: Everyone, to RB one a killing. Oh, man! It's football podcast I'm brought to you by FaithTeams.com. Sometimes I get too upset and stutter over my words because I try to do the intro a little differently. But you know, I should just stick with what I know. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes and Mr. Class, Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing on this the eve of football beginning? Doing great. Actual super news, super swell. I know things that are actually happening that will immediately affect and apply to our fantasy football you know world that we operate in. We are an actual fantasy football podcast and now finally we can live up to that title because we on Fate Teams just released the top our top 100 rankings and I feel like because the whole fantasy world kind of waits for us to release our rankings before they're ne- they're willing to reset the kind of calendar of the fantasy football year. Uh it's official official. This is Football, 2018
2: fantasy football season has begun. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to doing some draft shows, doing some not sleepers and busts because I like the idea that there's no such thing as sleepers and busts anymore, but just like guys I like more, guys who I'm not going to draft. So we got a lot of great stuff coming up on on the pod in the next couple of weeks.
1: If the show was produced with an extensive budget and you could
2: watch this live, we'd all notice that Clark has a new setting behind him. Yeah. Moved in with a girlfriend. uh, Almost in. I don't have my Texas flag up. uh, So until then, it's not really a home, but we're getting there. Congrats. Awesome. Thank you.
1: So there you go. There's, There's the news in Clark's world. And with that, We'll just spin right into the NFL news. we all kind of got excited at the beginning of this podcast because we're like football's here. Um, but of course, actually, we don't really have that much news to uh, really discuss. But we'll start off the show with, well, give me let's let's hear the news drop. Okay. We'll start off the show with a shakeup in new England's receiving core as the Patriots released wide receiver, Jordan Matthews today uh, who'd been dealing with a hamstring injury. And before we get into the whole fantasy aspect of this, because (laughs) it's finally time to talk about these things as a resident Patriots fan, I'm kind of surprised by this. It leaves the Patriots with just Julian Edelman, who has a four game suspension, Gronk, Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, Kenny Britt, Cordero Patterson, and Malcolm Mitchell, who the Patriots are shopping around. Um, Losing Danny Amendola, looking pretty bad right now, in my opinion. Uh, But fantasy-wise, Jordan, let's start with you. Who do you think this release benefits the most in New England? Got to start looking like the
0: backfield. Uh, Ooh. Tom Brady is going to be – the wide receiving core in New England is fairly crowded. Not necessarily flush with a lot of – Right names, but at the same time, there was just a lot of pass catching options. Um, I think they took a look at Jordan Matthews. That hamstring injury is probably pretty severe, but he only played um, 14 games in 2016, and then 10 games last year. So they probably just took a look at that, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna see what else we got here in camp. We're gonna give these reps to some other guys." Uh, They're still looking at bringing in Eric Decker, but the guys that were probably gonna benefit are um, the guys that. Tom Brady likes to go to more and that's Gronk and getting it to a pass catching back like James White per chance, possibly question mark. So um,
1: yeah, New England backfield. This is very much on brand for Jordan who wants to make sure that everyone realizes we're starting, we're entering the world of pass catchers as opposed to receivers, tight ends and running backs. And if you are operating in that world with those designations, I would agree with you. James White does not fall into the running back category. He falls far
2: more into the pass catcher category. Uh, Clark, who do you see benefiting from this release? I think that New England, the region, and the fans for the Patriots are going to benefit because I think the Pats are going to get off to a a sort of slow start as far as Patriots' starts go, which is probably like 3-1 and with two games that looked bad. Uh, So they're going to get some nice narrative street pub from like, oh, is Tom Brady done? We've all been waiting for it. Uh, And then once they get Julian Edelman back, I think they'll be back to their old tricks of putting up the most points in the league. Uh, So I think really Jordan nailed it. They don't have a lot of great receivers, but they don't need a lot of great receivers. Yeah, I would say everyone, it was funny to see people's reaction because
1: Naturally, most of the people who I follow and interact with on a daily basis in Twitter are Patriots fans, and for whatever reason, Philip Dorsett's name got tossed around a lot more than I feel like it should have um, as someone who could really benefit from this. And sure, Philip Dorsett surprise me. Let's you know, let's see what you got got going for you. But uh, if I'm putting my money, it's if anyone's getting pushed forward in this, I'm I'm gonna say it's Chris Hogan.
0: Hey, did Chris Hogan play lacrosse?
1: Do they ever mention that on the broadcast? It's kind of hazy as whether or not he ever did. Uh, I've only heard a few reports here and there, but I've never been able to like truly lock down a source. I feel uh, like that's something they need to talk about more. I do. I agree. That and like Jimmy Graham playing basketball. Those are all things that I feel like the the listeners, the, you know, the fans of the of the NFL who tune in to watch the games. I just feel like those are fun facts that, you know, kind of announcers could tell them. But, yeah. you know, We're not complaining. I guess just, you know, we're just giving suggestions. Um, Also, because, you know, we got to report the news. Patriots did bring in Eric Decker for a workout. So there you go. Because the Patriots weren't white enough at receiver. You got to replace Jimmy Garoppolo somehow. You got it. It's true. That's true. If Eric Decker did join the Patriots, where would he fall in the power ranking of most attractive New Englanders? I mean,
2: I think he's the prettiest patriot now that Dion's gone, right?
1: I think that would probably be true. I mean, everyone—we
0: we need no less than two really handsome, like chisel-jawed guys. They had Tom Brady and Jimmy, and now they need to replace that quota. I think.
1: Yeah, and Eric Decker would certainly, certainly suffice, and and really pair nicely with with Thomas's Brady. I feel like Eric Decker is the little more kind of Hollywood beauty, where Tom has. I don't know how you would describe Thomas Beauty. It is it it is the chiseled jawline that really kind of works for him. But like, I wouldn't necessarily say that he is. I don't know. Traditionally handsome? Would you? Maybe I I'm would put him in the dreamy category. No, he's not. Maybe that's where maybe that's where my hangup is. He out kicked his coverage with Giselle.
0: That's that's all I'll say.
1: I mean, yes, that's naturally. I mean, we can all agree on that. Uh, moving on to the news. Ignore Frank Gore's age when you're drafting your fantasy team, because this year he looks like he did 10 years ago, according to Dolphins head coach, Adam Gase. Clark, would you ever in your wildest dreams consider drafting Frank Gore in any of your numerous fantasy teams?
2: Yeah, I think he's going to steal a ton of touchdowns in Miami. Uh, we keep riding Frank Gore off, and he keeps coming back. Uh, I had to take a two-and-a-half-hour workplace harassment training uh, and so we can continue to make fun of Frank Gore's age until he reaches 40. Oh, So we better get it in now. Good. Just that's good to know. Category. Yeah. yeah, that's good to know. That
1: 40 is that cutoff point. Um, yeah. Well, it would be a miracle if he's still in the league at 40. But that being said, as Clark alluded to, he has somehow managed to just keep keep on kicking throughout, throughout his career.
0: So I'm looking at fantasydata.com right now. Um, I didn't know we were going to talk about Frank Gore, but here it is. Right here, um, a little spiel. Frank Gore, so last season, he put up 144 fantasy points, which is that's pretty respectable um, for a running back that you could have, even as your number two guy on a fantasy team. But the last time he had that was 2014. Um, he had 150 in 2010, but every other year after that, he had more than that. <laughs> so... If Frank Gore is looking like he did ten years ago in two thousand and seven, then he scored one hundred and eighty-three points in two thousand and seven. So
1: you could take that. I I would draft him. You would draft him. I definitely, definitely. Um, and especially, I mean, we've established pretty well. Some of us are maybe a little more, a little warmer on uh, Kenny and Drake than others. But personally, I don't have a lot of. uh, High aspirations for Kenyon Drake this year. So maybe that does mean a little more Frank or a little more touches, especially in the end zone.
2: I'll have some brief comments on Kenyon Drake later
1: in the show. a tease. <laughs> Finally in the news, because yeah, let's just get to Clark's tease. Um, Corey Davis is hungry to improve upon his rookie season. Is this really newsworthy? No. I just threw it in here because I'm excited to see what he does this year because hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he's got, you know, being able to come into the Titans more, a little more adjusted to the NFL, ready to click with Marcus Mariota, who's going to have a also a fantastic season taking a big step forward. Um, We were all talked at length uh, on this podcast last year when Corey Davis was coming into the uh, into the NFL about how hyped we were about him. But, you know, maybe the sophomore season was the season that we should all be really hyped for.
0: I'm not extremely high on Corey Davis. I think it will just be an improvement if he plays a full NFL season. Um, That way we can get uh, to see a little bit more about Corey Davis. I'll reserve my immediate judgments on who he is as a NFL player until next year. But it it would be great to have a little bit of a, a surprise season out of Corey Davis. Because God knows we have a lot of good fantasy options. So might as well just get a few more.
1: Why not? Who says no? Not me. Go Titans. We've <laughs> been waiting on Marcus Mariota for like four years. Let's do this. And that's coming from Clark the Texans fan. I mean, you can't get more you can't get higher praise than from a Texans fan saying, Go Titans. Corey Davis, if you were hungry for, for a better rookie season or better sophomore season than your rookie season, I hope that hunger has only increased. So there you go. There was the NFL news. That was pretty much it. Stefan Diggs signed a contract. So did uh, um, so did Delaney Walker, who might be the most underrated tight end in fantasy football, just criminally from year to year. Um, so there's my fantasy insight on that signing. That's pretty much it.
2: Yeah. Anytime someone says Delaney Walker, I have to say Delaney Walker, who returned a kick for a touchdown. That's, that's all you need to know about Delaney Walker when you're drafting. So
1: as I alluded to at the top of the show... Uh, over on fake teams we released our top 10 rankings for fantasy football uh and so you should go check it out fake teams.com uh, slash 2018 fantasy football rankings colon 2018 i think is what it's called so um, go check that out and so we decided to of course discuss these with you the listeners and instead of going through all 100 since We understand that you guys don't have time to listen to a two-hour podcast, and let's be honest, we don't have time to record this two-hour podcast because uh, we're not paid by the hour. You can go do that for yourself. We're just going to go through the top 50 and talk about the players that we like, dislike, kind of give our true feelings on the matter. So we're going to start off with 50 and work our way up, Um, and so let's just start off with number fifty. Uh, And these were a kind of aggregate conglomeration of rankings coming from six of us, I believe, this year. No, seven of us this year. My goodness. Last year, we only had three or four of us. So it's myself, um, Jordan, and Clark, obviously, are participated, Heath, uh, Matt, Nick, and Patty, over all whom write for fake teams. And so we start with number 50, who is wide receiver Demarius Thomas. Then we go 49, Russell Wilson. 48, Kenyon Drake. 47, Lamar Miller. 46, Alan Robinson. 45, Juju Smith-Schuster. 44, Marvin Jones. 43, Clark's boy, Dion Lewis. 42, ajayi J- 41, Zach Ertz. Clark, you alluded to it that you had some things to talk about on Kenyon Drake. Hit us with this knowledge.
2: Yeah, so... Last year, zero RB was all the rage, and that really pushed down the running back value, and the receivers went really, really early. Uh, that was a trend I saw not only on MFL 10s, but in a lot of my home leagues. Uh, and the the problem with everybody doing zero RB is it makes zero RB really ineffective, uh, because the reason zero RB works is you get to pick up some workhorse backs in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round, because they're sticking around because that's when everybody else is running out to get wide receiver. And I think our 50 to 41 rank shows why this year kind of the do the opposite a la Matt Waldman or zero RB a la the Roto-Viz guys is really going to be a good strategy. If you pick later, we've got Kenyon Drake who I'm not a huge fan of, and I think you can get Frank Gore later and get a good flex play. But then we've got Lamar Miller at 46, we've got Deion Lewis at 43, Jay Ajayi at 42, which I think is (laughs) criminally underappreciated. So there's a lot of good running backs in this range of middle of the fourth, end of the fourth round. And so that's what really stands out to me here. And I have to mention Zacherts at 41. Really interesting rank for a tight end that, you know, would you be surprised if he finished as the tight end two this year? Yeah, if we were really good at our job, we would
1: have gotten Nick on the podcast because Nick was the one who brought down our J.H.I.A. ranking. We all were about the early 40s, maybe mid to late 30s. He had J.H.I.A. as his 93rd player, um, which is uh, ambitious, ambitious Nick. Um, but yeah, Clark, you you brought it up. There are definitely in that range. There are definitely some good running backs still out there mm-hmm. whom... I had Kenyon Drake as my 63rd pl- uh, player, so I was very much unique from the pack. Though Clark, you had him at 59, so, you know, we're on the same wavelength, you and I. So maybe I wouldn't be a 100% comfortable if Kenyon Drake was my RB2. But Lamar Miller, Deion Lewis, Jay Ajayi, all those guys I could easily talk myself into as my RB2, um, which gives you plenty of time ahead of you to get to stockpile on wide receivers, get, you know, spend a second round pick on Gronk or whatever you need to do to kind of invest in, make yourself comfortable with your team and still feel like you can get a solid running back option later in the drafts. Yeah. um,
0: As far as Kenyon Drake goes, this fall is really going to have to be devoted a lot of an unusual amount of time to watching the dolphins practice reports and their preseason (laughs) games to see what's going on at the running back position. You got to think they, Traded Jay Ajayi away last year because they thought what they had in Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams was something that could replace his value. But you don't believe in those guys if you bring in Frank Gore and,
1: you know, he's a workhorse back. He can, is a can, starter. Like, can you really say, though, that they brought in Frank Gore? I kind of feel like Frank Gore, like, begged and plead his way into Miami, and the Dolphins were like, ah, I'm sure I guess. I mean, granted, He might now be working his way into an actual role in Miami because he's 10 years younger, according to Adam Gase, um, than his actual 400-year-old age. He's still not 40, so I can still say these things. Um, But I don't necessarily know if the Dolphins were like, we're lukewarm on Kenyon Drake and and, um, Damian Williams. We got to go get the old corpse of Frank Gore on this team. See, I think it went down like the
0: exact opposite. I've been rewatching Baller, so I'm just picturing (laughs) picturing the Miami front office. And I think Frank Gore just walked into the front office and there was a dual hill type of character there. And Frank Gore is just like, I'm playing here this year. And then they just signed him right there on the spot. I mean, Frank Gore, come on to the podcast and tell us we're wrong. (laughs) But still, it's it's just confusing to me that backfield is because I – picked up Kenyon Drake last year, and he did really well for me. He had a lot of big runs, um, which was a big selling point for me. Um, And it's just, it's perplexing, but Miami is usually perplexing with their free agent pickups, So it's hard to tell who's going to come out on top and be the the main option there.
1: Moving up. uh, All right, so now we're going from 40 to 31, another cluster of 10. We got number 40, Tyree Kill, 39, Alshon Jeffrey, 38, Brandon Cooks, 37, Josh Gordon, 36, Amari Cooper, 35, Alex Collins, 34, our first quarterback off the list, uh, Aaron Rodgers, 33, Larry Fitz, uh, 32, Darius Geis, and then 31, Adam Thielen. Now, the biggest thing that stands out to me, first of all, this is a large cluster of wide receivers here that all kind of fell in that, you know, 30 range. Um, What's surprising to me is Josh Gordon, who Josh Gordon is above. Josh Gordon is above Brandon Cooks, Alshon Jeffrey, and Tyreek Hill. Even Amari Cooper is above those guys. Josh Gordon in the line with Amari Cooper doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I was, and you can tell from my rankings here, uh, only Clark outranked me in Brandon Cooks. Both of us very high on Brandon Cooks this year um, or thinking that he's going to have a big role in L.A. I'm also pretty high on Alshon Jeffrey. I think that he showed us signs of when Carson Wentz was at his peak, that what he can do with Wentz. And I only see that relationship continuing to develop, though I know Jeffrey is starting on the pup list, which should calm people's expectations a little bit. So I will admit that. Will admit that. But uh, I'm confused as to why Josh Gordon is ranked above those guys.
0: Yeah, this is a confusing bunching for me just in general because I started to take a step back. I was looking at different ADPs, you know, I was looking at, um, what some of you other guys that started rating players at. But then I took a giant step back and I was like, okay, what do I value these players at myself? Who would I rather have on my team, even if, you know, I already have three quarterbacks on the list at this point, or if I have, you know, just a handful of wide receivers. Like, I can't honestly say to myself that I would rather have Larry Fitzgerald, Darius Geis, and Adam Thielen instead of Aaron Rodgers. So that's why for me. I had Aaron Rodgers ranked all the way up at 18 <laughs> cuz I was just like I I can't see myself having a like wanting those guys over Aaron Rodgers. I can't see um I can't see myself wanting uh anyone else over Tyreek Hill at that point too. And I rated Tyre- Tyreek Hill at 22. Uh, I know he's got a new quarterback, but I was just I took a just a giant step back and I was like who would I rather have on my team? Tyreek Hill or Alex Collins, who is a few slots higher on this list, I would go with Tyreek Hill every
2: time. Yeah, this group, kind of, I agree. It's baffling. I look at it, and the only guy that I really want is Darius Geis, who I have ranked 15. I feel like what we saw from Smaj P Ryan showed me enough that even splitting time in Washington, if someone is competent and can stay on the field, they're gonna be an RB back end RB one, front end RB two, and I. I like guys' talent. At least he looked good at LSU, a big, strong runner. Uh, I think Washington's going to score plenty of points because they always do, whether you liked Kirk Cousins or not. He always put up numbers. So I think they're going to be fine. Uh, and then I agree with Jordan. This is the range where, yeah, I know waiting on quarterback is fine, and you can, but if I'm in this spot and I can have Amari Cooper, Josh Gordon, Brandon Cooks, or Aaron Rodgers, this is where I'm pulling the trigger on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is all just, and you know, when we talk trash strategy, I'm sure we'll have lots of discussions about this because I'm firmly uh, in the belief that you don't take a quarterback until at least the 10th round that I am all about drafting way, way late, get stockpiling all positions you can. Um, and then comfortably sit with Matt Stafford as your, as your QB one for the season. Um, but I, Josh Gordon, to me, there is a huge amount of upside that you could get from him. There are so many variables regarding him in um, just, A, is he playing? B, is he going to even sniff the kind of wide receiver that we saw back in 2013, which was, what, five years ago now? And two of those years, he didn't even play football. And then three, you're relying on... Tyrod Taylor slash Baker Mayfield, who might be the best quarterbacks we've seen in Cleveland in a long time, but still Cleveland was one of the best track records of keeping quarterbacks healthy or having any kind of quarterback success. So just a lot, a lot that's up in the air for Josh Gordon. It surprises me that he ended up uh, so high on this list.
0: Yeah, we talked about Gordon last week, and I think that might have helped all of our judgments because this is the only time I think this happens in the top 100, but all three of us had Josh Gordon at 46. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we put in as our ranking. So.
2: so clearly we're all on the same page. Our cycles are beginning to align. <laughs> we've happened. been on the podcast you for have
1: 60-plus episodes of a podcast. That's right. All right, so moving up, uh, we're going now 30-21 to 21 at number 30. Travis Kelsey, number 29, the aforementioned uh, Stefan Diggs, who signed a big contract to stay in Minnesota. 28, LaShawn McCoy. 27, T.Y. Hilton. 26, Christian McCaffrey. 25, Jarek McKinnon. 24, Joe Mixon. 23, Doug Baldwin. 22, Mike Evans. And 21, Jordan Howard. Uh, Jordan, what in this group kind of entices or intrigues you or confuses you? So
0: I just like this group because if the draft actually falls this way and say you're in a 12 team league, you're still trying to get your second best player at that point in 20 at 24. So that, that position is really important because he could either be your second best player. If you just nail your first pick, or he's the one that's got to pick up the slack in case your first pick busts. So I just like looking at these players and there's a lot of guys with potential that could be, um, just a really solid um, 1B type of player for your fantasy team. I picked out Joe Mixon in particular. Um, I saw that Clark was pretty high on Joe Mixon, yeah. and as am I, this year. Um, last year, he didn't get the full – Um, benefit of the doubt starting. Uh, He had to split carries mostly with Giovanni or with Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard was there to be a pass catching back. But um, when you watch Mixon actually play, he finally got seven starts uh, played 14 games total, but he is the combo back that Cincinnati has been looking for. They've been trying to do it, you know, with two different players for the past couple of years now, but they got Joe Mixon who can pretty much do it all. He can be a three down back, um, so like I said before, there's no Jeremy Hill splitting carries anymore. Um, they made a point this offseason to shore up their offensive line. So they drafted that rookie um, out of Ohio state, Billy price, which at the time looked like it was a little bit high, but they're like, Hey, we know what we want at this position. We need to um, fix our offensive line because Andy Dalton was getting chased all around creation last year. Um, and then they also traded for Cordy Glenn. So um making sure the offensive line was a priority. Jeremy Hill will have some pretty big guys to run behind. Um and of course there's always AJ Green, a podcast favorite that can just distract and, you know, pull the defense to his side of the field. Love us
2: some AJ. AJ. Yeah, I had Joe Mixon at 14 and I was by far the highest on him and I I hate to offer such meathead analysis, but he just looks really good. You watch his college tape, and you watch him run when Cincinnati didn't have such a horrible line towards the end of the year. And he's just the kind of guy that I feel like had a rough time as a rookie. And he's going to come in on the second year on a much improved offense. And he's just going to be that guy that you look at the picture of your draft board, you know, nine months from now, and you're like, how the hell did Joe Mixon get to the fourth round? Like, how did we miss that one? I yeah. just feel like that's going to be him. And then I'm. I'm the highest on LaShawn McCoy, too. I guess I'm assuming that he's going to play and that we're still getting LaShawn McCoy. He's number 17 for me. Even on a bad Buffalo offense, he's still good. So if LaShawn McCoy is your second RB is kind of how I'm thinking, like how could you not? And then uh, Travis Kelsey at 30. I'm big on drafting either Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski. I think if you can get Kelsey at the very end of the second, you've done a very nice job.
1: Yeah. My only thing with LaShawn McCoy is obviously outside of the kind of legal trouble that he may or may not be in. Um, I'm curious to see how effective he is with not a athletic quarterback behind center. I, not to say that LaShawn McCoy isn't immensely talented, but it certainly did help having Tyrod back there because teams had, you know, defenses had to be focused on kind of both options, both running options. Um, So it'll be interesting to see when you have, AJ McCarron or Nate, Nathan Peterman or, uh, Josh Allen back there, how that affects defenses playing LaShawn McCoy.
0: Yeah. I like what Sean McDermott could do. Um, he overachieved last year as a head coach, but I just really feel like LaShawn McCoy might be facing a lot of seven to eight man boxes, uh, depending on whatever the quarterback situation is. Um,
1: so that's why I kind of dinged LaShawn McCoy there. Um, I mean, granted, the way we've talked about Josh Allen, the way he's played, you could even put – an ele- uh, defenses might even put an 11-man box on Leshawn McCoy. Just be like, look, Josh Allen, did you – there tweets – oh, man. Okay, another thing to look at on fake teams. Nick is doing uh, – basically going through every single team and doing risers and fallers uh, throughout training camps and preseason so you can kind of get a sense of what players are having good camps, bad camps, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in order to better inform your fantasy drafts. And he just posted the Buffalo Bills today, talked about Josh Allen, who evidently overthrew four consecutive screen passes.
0: Yeah. See, that was a knock on Josh Allen coming out of college. There was no doubting his arm strength. Like he could literally throw the ball and knock the head off of somebody. But it was the small things that scouts were worried about that he just – Either had, you know, lapses in judgment, just like the kind of a low football IQ, whether that was, you know, in the huddle or making those just little plays that you just have to make and not being able to complete a screen pass. is just one of those things where you're like, uh oh, but, you know, with a good QB coach that can probably be probably be fixed. But we'll see. I don't know, if it's a three-way QB battle with those three QBs and Josh Allen is on the losing end, that is not a good sign. Not
2: good. That's bleak. I just want to state for the record that I'm rolling my eyes at the uh, training camp completion percentage talk. Like We've done a lot of work on these guys, watching them play in college, and definitely one of the knocks on Josh Allen is that he's not accurate, Uh, and that's hurt a lot of guys, and there have been some guys in the NFL that have made it work. I'm looking at you, Cam Newton. Uh, so we'll see. It, we're, we're only a few weeks away. We only have to be a little bit more patient to see actual football instead of. I saw Andrew Luck went 17 for 22 in training camp, and just about. Andrew looks back, baby. My QB eyes almost rolled one. out of my head when I saw. I'm like, come on, guys! Like, I know we're starving for football, but QB number one draft Ty everywhere. Uh, all right, top twenty.
1: Top 20 fantasy names. Uh, 20, unsurprisingly, the man, the myth, the legend. Clark's favorite player in probably the fantasy realm. Robert Gronkowski. Uh, number 19, Devonte Adams. 18, Devonta Freeman. 17, Dalvin Cook. 16, the podcast's own, A.J. Green. Gotta love him. 15, Michael Thomas. Uh, 14, Julio Jones all of whom it's criminal that they are above AJ Green in my humblest of opinions. 13, Keenan Allen, 12, Kareem Hunt, and 11, Leonard Ford. Clark,
2: start us off here. Um, What are you feeling about this group? Yeah, so with Gronkowski, I have him personally ranked number 13. I'm the highest of analysts, and this just goes into my, I think if you can get Gronkowski or Kelsey, then you do it. Um, We used to talk about whether or not Gronkowski was worth a middle of the first round pick and it's not like a bunch of great tight ends have come into the league since then uh, I feel like the second round in drafts this year is just chock full of talent like I wouldn't be disappointed with with any of these guys on my team uh, but I'm going to go back to the ZRB do the opposite I mean if you started your team Odell Beckham and Julio Jones how would you feel about only needing to pick up some running back off the waiver wire. Because we know that happens all the time. We spend all this time talking about the draft, but running backs come available on the waiver wire and you only need to hit a couple of them. I mean, Keenan Allen at 13, Michael Thomas at 15, AJ Green at 16. There's just so many great wide receivers. Uh, and the running backs have some questions. Dalvin Cook coming off an injury, Devonta Freeman. I seem to be higher on him than most, other than that Leonard Fournette guy who plays for the Jaguars.
1: Nice. <laughs> Clark can't even bathom reading a Jaguars player. I mean,
2: him. he's good, but they have Blake Bortles as their quarterback.
1: Let's so. also, if we were good at our jobs, we would have Heath on the podcast because all of us had cream hunt outside of who is that? looks like Matt had cream hunt at 12. Everyone else had cream hunt in the single digits. Heath had him at 45, which love uh, lovely buddy. I'm not so sure. I understand where that number is coming from. He tried to defend himself in the comments, but, uh, a little quizzical there. A little quizzical on that one, Heath. But
0: I don't, Heath. I kind of want to be in a league with Heath now. So I
1: can <laughs> grab Kareem Hunt at like 45 if he's going to last that long. <laughs> yeah. If Heath's going to be a man of his word, not touch Kareem Hunt until then. Um, yeah. Maybe if we do a fake teams league this year, no, we'll have it on a just everyone, no one can draft Kareem Hunt and just see how long Heath can actually hold out on him. See if he's truly a man of his word. Um, so there you go. So that's 20 through 11. And now, drumroll, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, top 10 fantasy players. Uh, not too many surprises here, but we'll go through the list. 10, Melvin Gordon. 9, Odell Beckham Jr. 8, DeAndre Hopkins. 7, Saquon Barkley. 6, Alvin Kamara. 5, Antonio Brown. 4, David Johnson. 3, Ezekiel Elliott. 2, Todd Gurley. And 1, Le'Veon Bell. Um... Clark, we'll start with you here. I'm now. I'm looking over these lists. And I'm trying to find which of us, if I'm trying to find who has the abnormality between the three of us uh, in all these players. And you're the first one who comes up because you have Antonio Brown at just sneaking into the top ten at ten. Uh, is that just because you're obsessed with running
2: backs, or what's your feeling there? Well, so th- these ranks are standard. And I think that it's hard to separate when you talk a lot of PPR from standard. And that is because my top eight players are running backs. And then I have DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, like, tell me who I get out of that three and I'm fine. Um, Yeah, I just like the, in standard, I like to get a workhorse back. And I think the last one that I'm really comfortable with is Melvin Gordon, uh, which I have Kareem Hunt as my number six, too. So that gives me eight, nine guys that I'm real happy with as my RB one.
1: Uh, and you actually have DeAndre Hopkins ahead of Antonio Brown. Hmm, Sauce Clark. That's right. Saucy. Jordan, uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but this is kind of the biggest abnorma- abnormality that I can find amongst you, Radies. You have David Johnson, the number one player in fantasy this year. We've made allusions, both you and I, to David Johnson's MVP season that he's about to put together in the in the Cardinals because Clark and Jordan and listeners everywhere – Was just his wrist that he missed the whole season with. Not the legs. Jordan, what's your justification there?
0: I feel like I should just preface this by saying I will always have a soft spot for David Johnson. He's going to be one of those players like five years from now, if we're still doing the podcast and we do one of those uh, players we can't quit podcasts. David Johnson is probably going to be number one on that list for me. Um, he was the player that I wrote about as like a fan post as like a kind of an audition to start writing for fake teams. And it was me predicting his breakout season that he had um, two seasons ago. So he'll just always hold a special place in my heart, but I, he's one of those forgot about DJ type of players. You know, he had an MVP caliber season two years ago and he was only out because he hurt his hand. It's not like he had a major reconstructive surgery or like a hip, injury or anything like that I just I really like David Johnson and compared to some of the other situations I think people might be a little bit more uh, zeroed in on Todd Gurley this year um, Le'Veon Bell he hasn't played a full season um, since 2014 so that was a little bit of a hesitation for me and then Uh, Let me see here. Zeke Elliott, I have at five, but he'll probably be a top three player by the end of the season. So I just, I landed on David Johnson because I think his running back situation is just not as up for grabs. He'll be with either captain Checkdown or a rookie um, quarterback that's going to need to toss the ball to David Johnson whenever he's in trouble, um, or he's going to be the person that's running it and relieving the pressure when one of those two quarterbacks just
1: isn't getting it done. And just david johnson all the way i saying if you're looking to draft jordan literally has david johnson to thank for his current job at big teams he perfectly predicted david johnson's breakout season and
2: he's kind of saying it again this year so i don't know if i you, not to be taking notes yeah i'm super low on david johnson at five just because bruce arians left and I feel like he's really underrated as a coach. And so I'm really nervous about what the offense is going to look like. Okay. Having said that, he's number five. And if you told me you don't get to pick, you just get David Johnson in the first round. Okay. Yeah.
0: No so, one's going to argue yeah. with that. If you're uh, on auto pick for whatever reason and David Johnson pops up, you're like,
1: sure. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Works for me. That is a win. Uh, and then my biggest uh, outlier in the top 10, we've talked about this on last week's podcast with ADPs that I love and hate. Alvin Kamara, I had Alvin Kamara ranked as my eleventh player overall, um, with you know a fair number of people ahead of him. Clark is just laughing hysterically. He he just can't even imagine how I could fathom such an idea. But I have, and I did. Um, I don't feel like I need to say more on this. If you want to hear my full in depth thoughts, read. My, one of my articles on com, or listen to last week's podcast. So I'm still working on that
0: data, uh, the collection of running backs who have started since 2012 to see if there's like a yes. significant drop off when there's a rookie. So I don't have a lot of conclusive um, evidence of this yet, but more and more increasingly, it's starting to look like Todd Gurley's 2016 year was just a complete outlier because um, he only started 12 games in 2015 and he was averaging 15 and a half points in standard leagues Jordan, alone. Stop talking. So <laughs> Just stop. Stop reading that case. We just have to chop that up to Jeff Fisher being Jeff Fisher and doing Jeff Fisher things. Um It looks like that season might've been an outlier for Tiger early. And if he was in any other situation, he might've, uh you know, continued on that 15 and a half point pace or even upped it like he did just this year. Um, Again, I still have to look into more information. Um, So far, the only thing that I can tell you is uh, the obvious that the only thing that really slows down a running back in their second year as a pro is if they don't play all 16 games. (laughs) Or if their coach is Jeff Fisher.
2: Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and points per game all did pretty well their second year. Oh, Clark. Uh, So I have Alvin Kamara number two. And this is going to be one of those big things. I think there's the community is split. And I think a lot of people are talking themselves out of Kamara with he was just way too efficient last year. He just did way too much with the touches that he got. And they're right. I'm just betting on Alvin Kamara being an outlier player, the likes of which we see super rarely like Jamal Charles and like Chris Johnson note Chris Johnson saddled with Jeff Fisher. So take that with the greatest.
1: God, man, poor Chris Johnson.
2: Um, yeah,
1: it'll certainly be a, a point that we continue to watch and talk about on this podcast at this entire season, because there is such a staunch difference of opinion between Clark and myself.
2: And Jordan is just a happy medium at eight, right, right in the middle of us. And then, a. Uh- I know we already did 11 through 20, but one parting shot at the Jaguars. I am the lowest on Fournette at number 18. So unsurprising. Suck it,
1: Jaguars. Jaguars.
0: I had him at 15. I'm a little bit worried he's going to have a little bit of a a Jordan Howard situation where he's, again, just running into the back of that offensive line, and there's not much variety to it, basically. God, Heath's
1: 45 for Cream Hunt. Really just plummeted him down to the bottom of the ocean I just I keep when I, I scroll down because I'm looking at it right now live and I scroll down I scroll down to find um Leonard Fournette when you were talking about him and it's all just double digits double digits double digits for all of our rankings except for Kareem Hunt in that area and it's just like six, six, nine, nine, twelve, six, forty five. <laughs> He should probably
0: be at like a healthy eight at least. Oh like, yeah, he should be well top within
1: 10. the top ten, but everyone nah. if you're drafting, that's the one player you can kind of ignore in our top ten list because he really should be a t- our, our top hundred list. He should really be a top ten player.
2: Well, yeah. I, I really hesitate to say things like that because we we don't know. It's true. We have I mean, like we're so wrong so often, then I completely disagree with his rank and I really like Kareem Hunt and I'm not worried about Spencer Ware. Even though I think the Chiefs take a small step back, I don't think they take that big of a step back. But I got to give people credit for sticking to their rakes. Yeah. That is some some cojones on Heath
1: right there for taking Kareem hunt and popping them down into 45. Um, so there you go. So there's a, a taste. 50 of the top 100 on faketeams.com. Make sure you go check it out. There. That's all I, am. That's all I need to say. I'm just kind of like making noise right now because I feel like there's more to say, but I don't think there is. So we're just gonna tie this up with a bow and make it a nice, concise podcast. <laughs> Look at us being productive. Wow. Ah! efficient. I know. Uh, follow, subscribe on iTunes. Rate, review, leave five stars. Uh, talk about how much you like it when we discuss fantasy football and how excited you are for fantasy football and football season to finally be here. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at rb1podcast. Follow myself at Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And we will be back at you guys next week. <laughs>
2: Final parting fact of the podcast. Remember when Jeff Garcia was the number one QB in two thousand and one? Thanks guys. That's it. That's it for me.
1: Whew. That is a that is a, a drop right there.